0: Okay, everyone, today's going off track. Uh, we, we call ourselves more than a music podcast because we're, most of the people we talk to are in the music industry. People in bands, people who do stuff with bands, just kind of our wheelhouse. But we like other things. We branched out into writers, comic artists, comedians, other things we enjoy. But today, for the first time, we have a supermodel. It's
1: true. <laughs> yeah, we really
0: went off track. I mean, but Then she brought it back on track. She, uh, we have a supermodel who performed... Yes. Of all the people we've had on the podcast not one at rubber track studio that has instruments everywhere said get me a guitar that's true
1: oh thank you Taylor by the way
2: oh yeah that's
0: thank, a Taylor thank you guitar. Taylor it's yes. a beautiful <laughs>
1: guitar <laughs> um,
2: so yes today's guest is raquel Zimmerman and uh who Jonah met at a bar we yeah we had some mutual friends and we hung out and I thought it would be fun to have her on and uh, to talk about modeling which is a world you'd think I would know a lot about, but I actually don't. It's interesting how you've
0: just so fallen out of <laughs> and,
2: uh But we also talked a lot about, you know, psychedelics and meditation. And um, yeah, she's totally awesome. Of all the things to go off track, this one goes the off-trackiest. It does. It does. It gets pretty far. But um, I think that's good. And uh, yeah, she also, like Stephen said, performs a song at the end of this podcast, which was pretty cool In watch.
0: Portuguese. Yeah. Nice. Where else are you going to hear that? Nowhere.
2: So yeah, here it is, Raquel Zimmerman. Raquel, have you ever watched Battlestar Galactica? No. you gotta get into it. (laughs) I'm,
3: I'm from Brazil, guys. So like, there's they don't have TV there. They (laughs) things tend to like get there like later on, and uh, or not at all. So, (laughs) well, also in Brazil, kind of
1: really like kind of not closed but you kind of produce all your own stuff down there right they're
3: very into soap operas there i have to say i kind of grew up watching that shit (laughs) now i go back there and i'm telling my whole family i'm like guys stop watching that you're crazy (laughs) so much more
2: (laughs) today on the podcast our guest is model and musician not musician? No. Not musician? <laughs> Aspiring I, musician? I've seen some of your guitars. You've some pretty nice guitars. I, I'm going to say... Guitar collector.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's more like
0: it. Uh, um, Raquel Zimmerman, thank you for coming. <laughs> and this is your first podcast ever, you say?
3: Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Oh, we're stoked. And uh, I, I think, yeah, like more of a collector. Okay. And recently I just purchased myself a, a sitar, which is very pretentious Ooh. because I tried tuning the sitar and it's like so different from playing guitar. Her, like.
0: How many strings are on it?
3: It's like 18 strings okay. or some Somewhere crazy right stuff. now,
0: our other host, Mike Kanjemi, is uh, losing it because he's not here. But also, Mike has a sitar. Really? Yeah. He's got all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's like, you I mean, that's one of those instruments that, you know, guitar you can just sit around, I guess, and kind of pick up and fill around with. Sitar, like, no, you need a teacher and you need like oh, yeah. a, a mystic, like to come sit with you and be a guru.
3: Yeah, and also the notes are, like, different. Mm-hmm. Everything, I mean, because I, I always play, like, classical guitar, and then I got, I went to Hawaii and I bought unukalele. Yeah. And even though the notes are different, it's pretty easy. So I was like, oh, I play guitar and I'll do Kalele and I was like, oh, I'll just play the guitar. And then once I started tuning the guitar, I was like, oh, no, I need someone to teach me <laughs> Where did this you topic. get it? <clears throat> On uh, East Village, Uh, I forgot the name of the store. Oh, I
2: used to live... Was on like East 3rd or something? Something, I used to live on the same block as a sitar place. And I was like... "Is a tiny... I don't know what it was called. I don't think so. Yeah, I was like, how is this place in business? It's like an ethnic store?
3: Yeah, I think they like just sell sitars. Sitar and the Armonio, you call? Okay. Yeah. Actually, my friend, we were at yoga and they were playing the harmonium.
2: Harmonium's big and, in yoga.
3: Yeah, and then my friend was like, we should just learn to play the harmonium." <laughs> so now I'm like all over the place.
2: You should. Harmonium's probably easier to play.
3: Easier, yeah. But, I'm an enthusiast, I guess, with music. I want to know. <laughs> I just have to learn.
0: Have you tried banjo? That's a deceptively hard instrument to
3: play. Banjo? Yeah. yeah. yeah
0: banjo's pretty hard. I've been playing it for a few
2: years and oh, I yeah? still am pretty bad at it, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm bad at it. I'm okay. I'm getting better, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's, after playing guitar it's so weird to like the left hand stuff is kind of the same, but it's like the chords are different, and the right hand, it's like you have to The right just, hand is like a whole different instrument. Yeah, it's like a whole different instrument. Oh, wow. So it's frustrating, because you're like, oh, I can play guitar, and then you're like, I can't do anything. A dumb banjo
0: question. Do you use a pick, or is it all fingers, or do you put Depends the thing... Depends what you style you're using. you're using. There's like... The chicken pick so and that's stuff.
1: Like, all about the right hand. Well, to, <laughs> that, so yeah, that's
0: like Scruggs style.
2: You use yeah. like the three fingers like okay. this, and then there's claw hammer style, where you basically you make your hand into a claw, and it's kind of more like mountain... Clawhammer, like I've heard you talking about. Yeah, so I play more Clawhammer, but it's being generous to me. I mean, it's more like I kind of
0: just do whatever. A lot of, a lot of banjo in Brazil, or is it all uh, Birnbaum?
3: You know, it's funny you bring up the berimbau because yeah. I was thinking, if they ask me what kind of music I've been listening to, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, I've been listening to the capoeira music, nice, and kids. it's all this and bow. Mm-hmm. And it's I was like, bow, It it kind of... Reminds of a not a sitar, the other instrument that just goes like dling, dling, dling. in uh, Indian music. Yes, I'm mixing everything up, but the bini mm-hmm. is so cool. Yeah. I would, I wish I could play that. I have <laughs> no idea.
2: I'm a music journalist, and I have no idea what you guys are talking. You
0: know, about You know, you know, ever seen like um, maybe out in Union Square they have the Capoeira guys come out and and girls? Forgive me, part it's like an African
3: dance, no? I yeah. guess that the Africans brought to Brazil. Okay, and they, it's like a fight dance.
0: Really? It was it's based really in cool, slave yeah. culture, right? So yeah. when, the sla- when they, they were slaves, so they were they were bound at the wrist, but they would teach each each other to fight. So it's a lot of kicking. It looks like breakdancing. It's a very early, a lot of breakdancing absorbed it. So they would have this, um, I'm pronouncing it wrong because I don't speak Portuguese, uh, Birnbaum. Bedingbaum. Birnbaum. I'm just going to point to you. You'll say. <laughs> And you, 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 it's like it's like um, it's like almost like a like a gourd with a string on a stick, and you hit it, and it makes different sounds. So when they were practicing their fighting to possibly go up against slave owners or you know oppressors, people would come over and go, "What are you doing?" And they would change the beat, and they go, "Oh, we're just dancing." So different beats symbolize different moves to do. It's awesome. It's such like a crazy. I always wanted to do it, but I think it would hurt
3: a lot of headstand. Yeah, because I was watching the video and. like a lot of headstands, they're just like flipping and there's a lot of on their ha- a lot in their hands. And,
0: and they never actually make contact when they do it. It's really cool. They
3: don't hate each other. No. Yeah.
0: So what does the music sound like? A lot of drums, right?
3: Like. It's like that Latin da beat da that's da like. Okay. it's like almost a five you know okay and cool. then the drums yeah, yeah.
0: it's crazy I, I love capoeira i think it's really great it's really
3: cool yeah i was actually like listening to the music and thinking oh, if i could do this yeah but like i have to do a lot of yoga first and get in my head headstand <laughs> <laughs> which i just started doing like recently i'm yeah. like i can do this <laughs> i've been doing yoga for like almost three years now but it's funny how it goes. It's like you just have to keep going, and then
0: true. that's why they call it a practice.
3: Yeah, it's a practice, yeah. and capoeira, I guess, is like the same. And mm-hmm. most of these people, they've been doing it since they're kids. It's really
0: it's a great, yeah. it's a crazy workout. Now, now, how long have you been in the states? From what you started in Brazil, right?
3: Yeah, I left Brazil with 15 years old, just like a crazy teenager. Because I guess I'm from a small town, and I just wanted to like go see the world. So oh, I you just picked took a off? profession that could allow me to do that. So I went from the south of Brazil to Sao Paulo, which is a bigger mm-hmm. town in Brazil. I took a bus. Like, it took 20 hours. With, like, no money. <laughs> At
2: 15? Yeah. See ya. What did, mm-hmm? how, did you just tell your parents, like, I think this is what I want to do? Yeah,
3: and they're like, here's a hundred bucks. You'll be back in a week. <laughs> and I never came back. <laughs> and then I left and I went to Japan and my mom was freaking out. She was like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, yes, she would. (laughs) The worst dare ever, and you called them on it. You're like, yeah, okay, I'll see you. Wow, okay, so, okay, 100 bucks on a bus, 20 hours, Japan.
3: Well, 20 hours to Sao Paulo, (laughs) where I did some, like, you know, modeling work, got some pictures done, and with that material, I sent it to Japan, and they're like, I come to Japan. So I went to Japan, and I didn't make any money at all, (laughs) because... Nothing would fit me, you know, like working as a model in Japan, it (laughs) didn't really work for me. But I partied a lot and it was just like great to be there, Mm -hmm. you know, for a few months. And then from there I went to Europe and then I was like struggling trying to find work. But still, I was like, oh, you know, I was like, I'm just traveling, you know, so I was just like having a great time. And then finally, when I was like 16, I got to New York and then I was like, that's it. And I' gonna be thirty. So
0: wow, yeah. the, I'm, it's like
3: fifteen years. I, I've been in New York. Yeah, let's see. I'm, this I'm reminds me years. so
2: much of my
0: modeling career. Oh yeah, it's true. Just <laughs> all over the world. <laughs> Oddly enough, you have you have modeled Jonah. I have. There are photos of you. <laughs> there are. He did some a photo shoot with that. What, who's that girl? You did the thing with where you're standing by the car. Oh, that
2: was just like an Instagram photo. Yeah, but still, it was very. Sexy. I actually am in a Japanese magazine. Like when I first moved here, the people were like, "Oh, we like your outfit." Who made, it was just like a t-shirt and jeans. And then my friend was in the airport in Tokyo, and she was looking through a magazine and saw a picture of me. You see, and bought it for me. So yeah, but oh, yeah, I mean, that's cool. So we have you know uh, that in common. Yeah, that, uh, and
0: yoga. <laughs> that in yoga, that can- in
3: yoga, but uh, yeah, Japanese modeling career.
0: Wow, <laughs> can only imagine. I know nothing about the modeling world i think it's one of those things where it's like any other industry you don't know anything and then you talk to an insider someone who's been doing it you just learn how it operates and i i know that when fashion week hits new york that everyone loses their mind and you either like it or you hate it there is no in between so when you say you left and you went up to sao paulo like how did that start how did you say oh i'm gonna get some pictures and get an agent were you by yourself did you meet someone when you went to Sao Paulo to just start getting pictures taken to start... Oh, modeling. no, I
3: went to look for agencies and some of them, they're like, forget about it. It's never going to work out for you. I was like, damn <laughs> it. I really want to like, you know, go explore the world. I kept trying to like, they're like, okay, we'll invest in you. So I went looking in magazines, like, and my, you know... The magazine started hiring me to, like, do photo shoots.
0: Wow. All Brazilian magazines? I wish
3: I, I wish you would, like, we could show images. I would, like, show the <laughs> Oh, we're going to show of, images. <laughs> <laughs> show images in the rain. Yeah. In but it's industry- funny about, like, you're talking about fashion week, because I stopped doing fashion shows about two years ago, and I'm so relieved, because I did for so long, and it's like that. It's like, if you're in it, you have to do it. Like, I was to do all these fashion shows, and... Now I'm just like I don't I don't need it anymore. You know stressful, I don't want it, right? I don't need it. It's stressful, and <laughs> I have to be careful talking about these things. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's okay; <laughs> it could turn against me. But I'm just like it feels good to be away from the fashion industry because mm-hmm. I've been. Mean, I started doing transcendental meditation about two years ago, and now I just want to like do yoga and study and learn things and read books about Swamis and. <laughs>
0: you know, play sitar,
3: play sitar. But I, I mean, I have to be grateful for having this job in the first place because it allowed me, like, to you know do so many great things with my life. And uh, I still, you know, appreciate and, like my modeling career, and I still work on that. Yeah, but you're Doing allowed to get tired of and... certain.
0: You're allowed to get tired of certain things and change. Yeah. It's okay. Things do so bother I, you.
3: Yeah, I got tired of the whole fashion show thing. Yeah, because it's like it's like being in a party every day. <laughs> for like a month, four times a year. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like going on tour, I guess, if you're a musician. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I touring's... guess it gets tiring after like 10 years.
2: So do you? So what? what's your kind of modeling career like now? Do you just do it kind of when you want to? Yeah.
3: That's I great. got to pick and choose. It's great. So I work mainly for like Vogue magazine, which is very conservative, but it's like, you know, high standard yeah. in the industry. Yeah. A little bit. And then, you know, like big, big brands. Like, And my last modeling job was like for Prada. (laughs) So it's good. I mean,
0: if you're into Prada. If you're into Prada. If you're into that. I bought a pair of Prada shoes for my wedding. And it was the most expensive and most comfortable pair of shoes. And that was what blew my mind. Because you always think high fashion things. So I guess it's it's different if you're a woman. You'll pay a lot for a pair of shoes that hurt. But like Mm. I bought these shoes and I put them on and went walking in silk like i understand like i I only bust these shoes out never (laughs) you know so it makes sense
3: it's true yeah
0: prada wow
3: it's funny like it's a contradiction in my mind because i'm like i don't need to buy all this brand stuff that i'm that hire me in the first (laughs) place (laughs) so i'm like here i am saying like i don't wear this stuff Mm -hmm. but then if they do like they did send me this bag the prada <laughs> nice. And I'm like, oh, it's a nice bag. And it's probably going to last forever because these things are like really good qualities. So.
0: See, to us, that bag means nothing, but I'm sure if my wife or Brad's wife was in here, they'd <laughs> probably be losing their minds right about now. <laughs> so, have you? So, obviously, your parents are like, I guess that 100 bucks helped you out. <laughs> Do you get back on the no idea?
3: Yeah, <laughs> my mom was freaking out when I was in Japan. She was like, Are you okay? What? You were 15 in Japan, yeah. right? That so seems... now it's like I guess they're relieved. Yeah. Considering it, it turned out to be like pretty okay. <laughs> You're
0: so modest. I think it's pretty amazing. Ridiculously <laughs> modest. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Do you do you have a big family, small family?
3: Uh, I guess big. Considering I don't know in Brazil, like people tend to have a lot of kids. <laughs> How many? So, well, I have a brother that's one year older than me. And a sister that's a bit younger. And then but then I have like, you know, five aunts and like all my cousins and so it's kinda of big. Well immediate family. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Um I was curious I was I was with Travis last night. Oh and, Travis and uh
3: Vanya was was with Sarah.
2: Oh really? Oh yeah, she said like she was <laughs> texting was... Travis, she's like, I abducted your girlfriend or something. Anyways, we can edit this out, no one's gonna have any idea what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> but uh Travis was telling me that you were friends with Daniel Pinchback. Oh, yeah. And I just read Breaking Open the Head, which I thought was so interesting. Uh, are you familiar
3: with him at all? Nope. We should try to get him that to be, be here. That
2: would be incredible.
3: And, you know, he keeps sending, like, on Facebook, like, you know, like, events that I guess he's talking on. And if you're interested, and we should get you and maybe Travis. So we should go together and hear.
2: Yeah, that would be amazing. This, yeah. Or you guys could come on on here together if you wanted to. Hmm? Um he's yeah, he's was like really into psychedelics and uh I don't know, you probably know way more about him. Yeah. Than I just read his book. It's all about his experiences taking ayahuasca.
3: Yeah, he actually told me that they're doing again this summer.
2: Oh where, really? Is that where yeah. you go to Peru and eat the stuff and hang out? Yeah, at camp? it's like DMT, but you, the, it's to release it. Yeah,
0: there's, there's, you shit and throw sh- up, your brains out. That one, yes, yeah. And then you see your. I was aunt. thinking about this. Yeah, I have a friend who did that. He went down and saw the camp, and and he did that, and he he took whatever the drug was for a week. And I was like, "How was it?" And he said, "Uh, you know, my dead father and I were cool now." Yeah. <laughs> ah, I believe it. But
2: um, how did how did you was that through the meditation? Did you guys meet or how? how did...
3: So Daniel did this movie about 2012. Before 2012, <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it. Well, we have a, we met because we have a mutual friend, and uh, he showed me this movie of Daniel's, which is really cool. And it mixes everything like meditation and then ayahuasca and all the all the connection about everything in and 2012 and what does it mean and a shift of consciousness and all this. So that's how we met through this friend. And then the sem- past summer I was in, I went to Burning Man. And I was looking for this friend that we have in common. And I was like looking for my friend. And who I see is like Daniel. And I was like, Daniel, I'm looking for Paris. (laughs) And then he showed me the friend. And then so I was in another camp than them. But then I was there. And then one night I was like, okay, I'm here. And it's full moon. And I really feel like I should take an acid today. So I went to the shaman that was in my camp. And I was like, oh, I would like, you know, to get some acid. And he was like, oh, we ran out. And I was like, Oh damn it. So I'm like walking around bummed out and who I see Daniel (laughs) pinchback and I was like, Daniel, I really feel like taking acid. He's like, Oh great, let's take it together. So we took the acid and was I was like, This is so great because I get to like experience this with someone that really knows about it. So I was telling him like every detail and I was like, Oh the cloud and like the moon become an eye and like all these eyes are looking at me and like all this like so it's really great. And then Had you ever done it before? No, it was my first time. And I'm glad I waited because I hear of a lot of people like that took when they're like young and they don't really know what's happening. They just like I don't know. I was really like it really meant a lot to me. Yeah, I saw this crazy symbols in the sky and like it was really meaningful.
0: Yeah, it's one yeah. of those drugs that if you know about psychedelics and all kinds of drugs, acid is as weird as it sounds to say, talking to people who are, you know, drug counselors and study this, it's kind of the safest one. You know, it's interesting. You know? I Literally, I, as far as side effects and long-term things, it's just it's pretty cool.
2: <laughs> I did it for four or five times in college, and every time was so good that I was like, I can't do this anymore, because I like it too much, and I know if I, like, keep doing it, I'll, like,
0: I don't want to, like, get too far into it. See, that's smart. I did it once, and it was so dumb really yeah because here's what i did you'll appreciate this he says to raquel because you can't tell where i'm looking over the microphone (laughs) it was halloween in los angeles and we went down to santa monica boulevard and if you've ever done that they close off the boulevard and it's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people dressed in costumes and you have the very flamboyant gay costumes the drag queens and everything and i decided to try acid in this environment for the first time, loud noises, screaming and yelling. And I remember standing there going, This was the dumbest idea I've had to date. And walking towards me as I'm thinking, This are four, and I'm not making this up, or maybe I am, Barbie dolls in the boxes, <laughs> life size. <laughs> and I went, I just, I gotta go. That's amazing. And by go, I went, I sat on a curb for about five hours by myself. I would just look at, are you
2: familiar with Alex Gray? His artwork, he has like the sacred. Yeah, yeah so I he would had
3: things exposed in Burning Man. Oh and it's really? really like, he really knows how to express the feeling of like being tripping an acid and yeah. his paintings. Oh, is
2: absolutely. Like,
3: and then looking at them, why tripping an acid? I was like.
2: So that's what I would do in college. <laughs> I would do it with my friend Joey, and we would just, he had all of his books, and we would just do it, and then look at these books, and like he does these anatomical, like where you can see through like all the tissue and like. You could see stuff like rowing through the veins and he's like he's a super, super interesting guy. He used to have a gallery in the West Village, like a temple sort of, and it's upstate now. But uh Oh. We
1: yeah. Should go. <laughs> yeah I, I
2: me
0: yeah, I definitely want to go at some point. Yeah, but let's yeah. Go. All right. Yeah, let's that's do great. It. I wanna jump back into modeling because again I'm just fascinated by the <laughs> process of it. There's historically, I know that that when modeling first kinda came to the Apex, like like French designers, you know decades ago would hire, you know, you know, tall, slender women because they liked the way the clothes draped on them because it was more mannequin-esque, you know, and throughout, you know, the past 50 years, it changed, you know, the way people look and it changed the public appearance and opinion and things like that. But I'm fascinated by the mechanics of the modeling walk, the look, like how you, I have a friend who's a photographer, um, who just did a, a, Cosmo cover and he's done a couple of, he might, you know, are familiar with Udo Spreizenbarth? photographer oh I,
3: I heard his name yeah. yeah
0: i worked with him years ago He's just this fun german guy great photographer but i watched him work and just the amount of looks and the way you change it seems so subtle but so hard to me to model and get your basically get your picture taken a lot like how does that work
3: the way i see it is like being a silent movie actress but for me when i when i think because sometimes I've been doing this for like so long, it can feel really dumb. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? And then you just like, it's your job, you know, it's how you make a living. But I like as an inspiration, so it makes a little bit more meaningful what I'm doing. I always think of Cindy Sherman. <laughs> I'm like, I really like Cindy Sherman and I want to like, I say, um say? Sorry, sometimes I can't. The words in English don't come in my head.
0: We don't uh, relate.
3: Ch- yeah. I want to relate to Cindy Sherman. Mm-hmm. So like, if you were, look at my work as a model, as I'm always changing, always like different characters. So,
2: I didn't know who Cindy Sherman was till I saw the exhibit
0: at MoMA, and I was like, this is so cool. I saw yeah. one of her exhibits in L.A. years ago. Oh, yeah, her stuff's crazy. It's, and I yeah. went with a friend of mine who was a photographer, and she went, "Come with me, see this. You should see her work." And I was blown away by it. Yeah, it, 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 there's gender lines blurred, different things with animals and stuff. It's really fascinating stuff.
3: And you see, like how, she, like a like Cindy Sherman, how she can change, and it's so subtle. And she can be all these different characters. It's so like I got fascinated. Yeah. And it's uh, and so subtle, you know, like little things. So I guess that's how I see like modeling for me. It's like. You know, if today I have to be this conservative, conservative and like selling this handbag, I'm just gonna be that. And then sometimes you like get to be like cool and rock and roll, and or like I'm in France and wearing this haute couture gown, and then you have to like wear that. So
0: I love the silent movie idea. That's a very, <laughs> very. I'm a big silent movie fan, so that's that's huge for me. And telling a story, and you're acting. And I mean you are selling something but you're acting and performing. I think that's great. <laughs> how do how is it in under Have you seen
3: know. that movie The Artist? That's silent. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. I haven't seen no? that
0: either. I the know. artist, yeah,
3: I saw it. No, I
0: I wait for things to show up on cable.
3: On cable, yeah.
0: But you've seen like old, you know, everyone talks about Charlie Chaplin, but Buster Keaton's kind of the man, if you watch any of his old movies. Oh,
3: no, I should watch it, yeah.
0: He's great, because he just... They're probably just getting
2: to Brazil, so...
3: Yeah, they're probably (laughs) arriving there now. Yeah. No, you know, it's funny, because like sometimes people are wearing like 80s stuff here, and they're like, oh, this is so 80s, and I'm like, this reminds me of the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realize, because it took so long to get to Brazil. Oh, I feel bad talking like that about my country. It's like talking bad about your own kid.
2: (laughs) Do you ever show up to a shoot and like you get the clothes and you're like, I don't want to wear this?
3: Yeah, so many times. But then it's like, you know, it's my job. Yeah. Do you just,
0: are you so completely used to people just messing with your hair that you just don't even feel it anymore?
3: Yeah. (laughs) I had it like done all different colors and all different
2: and that I wish we
3: could show images because I was just like crazy stuff. I Guys, mean,
2: go on Google Images, type in Raquel Zimmerman and just scroll through. Yeah, we'll see you back in about 10 hours. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I had once like they did this uh, aluminum foil head. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, I'm wearing aluminum foil in my head. Okay. I mean, there is, you know, there's a lot. That sometimes I get to do like pretty cool and uh, creative things, you know.
0: How about stuff with animals? Ever done shoots with like wild animals?
3: I've done a shoot with uh, that I was in a pitch full of snakes for the designer Alexander McQueen, and he killed himself after that, which is really weird. I was like, we did this whole photo shoot with all the snakes, and was so exciting and so like cool and videos and
0: maybe it was the snakes.
3: And then he killed himself right
0: after that
2: happened.
3: Like, maybe two months later, wow. I was really disappointed because I was like, I thought like this project was so exciting and like something right. to look forward to. and But I mean, he was he really a genius and it's so crazy. After that, then the Metropolitan Museum did a show about him and it was like the most visited show, in you know, that was done there like in a long time and...
0: It always has to be so balanced. Weird. Sometimes, if you're a genius, you there's there's trouble. You know, you need. To he have was very troubled, sorted.
3: I guess. Yeah, but so yeah, we did the shoot with all these crazy snakes. Wow, that's something I had to do on Google. Were they? Like, and there's a video also. Yeah, there's a video on Show Studio. Um, yeah, Raquel Zimmerman snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're crawling at me. Was how was that weird and interesting? Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah. people
0: might not have had that same feeling. <laughs> yeah. Didn't bother. But that was it for like animal kind of shoots, things. Nothing. I
3: just, I went back to thinking about like acid and I was like, can you imagine if you're like tripping on acid and then you have all the snakes? No. Maybe I, I wouldn't. No, am not so, going to yeah. go there.
0: Not going to think about that.
2: How did, how did you kind of get involved with transcendental meditation? Meditation, yeah. yeah. And how, what's your, how, do you do it for a set amount every day
3: or? Every day three times a day so first in the morning 20 minutes and then the best thing i think is to do at sunrise 20 minutes and then at sunset 20 minutes but i'm bad with sunrise normally it's like the sun is already up and then (laughs) it has risen so 20 minutes sunrise 20 minutes sunset and then there's the night meditation which is 10 minutes before i actually fall asleep i just sit in meditation so when i go to sleep, I'm already right in that state.
2: But do you have, like, are you reciting a mantra? Or are you just focusing on your breath? Or what is...
3: Uh, the transcendental meditation, they they give you a mantra. Okay. Yeah. That's how this technique works. But, you know, I, I always encourage people to do any kind of meditation that they find is the one that works for them. It could be through breathing, or you know, visual, or mantra. But I just encourage people to do it. I think it's you, you, you would make my thing. therapist
0: very happy because that's what he yells at me constantly about is that I don't meditate. And the reason I don't do it is one, time, <laughs> and two, because I have children. <laughs> and two, uh, I find it incredibly difficult. I think it's really, really hard to meditate.
2: I think that everyone, I mean, I think it's hard for everyone. I get yes. so
0: frustrated.
3: Yeah, I guess that's the point is yeah. like to just go through it. There is a construction uh, site. Next door, like across the street from where I live. And then it's been almost a year. And every morning when I wake up and I want to meditate, they're like, you know, like all those really annoying sounds. And I was like trying to meditate is already frustrating. And then with the sound and now I managed to just like let go of that sound that's still there and then meditate and it's like, I was like, oh, now I can do it. It's weird. So I, I, to go back to your question, to Jana's question, that this is another thing that I have to be grateful about, like my modeling career, because things happen, you know. It was like my journey, you know, like going through <laughs> my life and traveling, and so this brand Gucci, you know, fashion brand, yeah, they're where like, it, where, where, where? <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, we're wearing it now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> so they're like, okay, we have this perfume. You know, and you're going to be, like, in the perfume commercial. I was like, okay, great. You know, <laughs> sounds like it's going to pay. <laughs> and they're like, so you're going to do the TV commercial and the director is going to be David Lynch. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <gasps> now that's cool. <laughs> so I was, like, obsessed with David Lynch, like, preparing to work with him. And I was, like, watching all this. I mean, I already was a fan, but then I got really into, like, watching. So I'm like, wow, David Lynch. So I go to Paris and I'm really, like excited and like worried because i was like oh my god david lynch is gonna be like this weird guy maybe he's gonna be like a monster i mean you know he wrote like blue velvet and all these crazy and twisted things so i get on set and he's like i'm like how is it gonna be and then it turns out he's like the nicest sweetest person ever the like the job went so easy no stress and i was like Wow. And I was already had read, I was reading the Catching the Big Fish while I'm like working. And then I'm like, I'm reading your book, you know, and he's like, yeah, read it. And then he signed the book and I was like, this guy is so nice. And I went to see, then he had a also an exhibition going on in Paris about his pictures and his paintings. And he's like such a creative guy. And I was really like, oh, David Lynch, you know, like obsessed about it. So I finished reading Catching the Big Fish, and I thought, he's explaining how transcendental meditation helped him, like, being creative. So I was like, okay, that that was that. And then, like, years went through, passed by, like, three years or so. And then I was really, like, in a point in my life that I was like, I needed to... Sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, I want a meaning, I want something. I was actually in London because I was... I got invited by Lady Gaga to go see her concert and meet her because she was interested in me being in her video, which I I end up being in, and the, her video...
0: Born This Way, right? Born This Way,
3: yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, so I'm in London, I'm there, and then this friend of mine is like, oh, I've been doing transcendental meditation. And I was like, really? That's, you know, the thing that David Lynch was like writing about in that book. So I came back from from London, I think that's almost three years ago now, and I was like, "I'm just gonna give it a shot, i'm gonna give it a go." And I went and I learned, and then I've just been meditating since. And then I got to meet David Lynch like a few other times in some events because he has this foundation that is uh that teaches uh, veterans from the war. learn to meditate so he has all these events and stuff
0: it's it's really really cool it helps the ptsd
3: yeah yeah and um so i i heard some of the veterans like and even young guys you know they're like 22 and they come back from war and they're like their life is screwed somehow and they become alcoholics or like you know really uh, in a bad shape so like they're like meditating and it helps. I mean, it's scientifically proved that when you meditate, it just, it's good for you.
2: <laughs> well, there's so little we still, like, know about the brain. And I feel like the more they find out, the more they realize, like, yeah, this creates new pathways. It's totally, like...
3: Yeah, they, they say uh, about transcendental meditations that when you transcend, you're actually using your full, like, 100% of your brain. Because we use only 20% or 5%.
2: I think there's some debate about the actual percent. Is I've it heard, 5
3: or 20? Yeah,
0: I've heard different stuff. I'm
3: 50. not
0: sure. <laughs> 10. It's actually 10.
3: 10? Yeah. So, and then
0: Einstein used like 11. Like that's oh, the percentage. Okay. So that shows how much capacity supposedly that the brain has.
3: I think there is a quote by Einstein actually that says you can think and think and think and don't come to any sol- conclusion and then you don't think at all and then a million answers come to your mind.
0: That's why I think meditation is so difficult. Did you see this thing bouncing around Facebook? I saw a couple of people post it and then my therapist actually posted it where it said, uh, Zen Buddhists say, you need to meditate for 20 minutes every day. Unless you're busy, then you should do it for an hour.
3: You see? Yep.
0: I mean, I just, there's a book called um, Turning the Mind into an Ally. Yeah, I read that. Yep. Man, I can't even get through that book. (laughs) I'm so really I that thought book. that book
2: was really interesting
0: actually. Yeah, I liked it, but it's like I got halfway through it and I get again, it's just I think it's and every time I do meditate and I try to do it, it's you know, you can actually feel it working. But you know what I, I did like that it was kinda like cheating meditating. We've talked about this. Was have you ever done a um, high? Um, <laughs> <laughs> No. No. <laughs> um um uh, isolation tank. Have you done that?
3: No, I heard about it.
0: I did that once, and it was like, oh, this is induced
3: way- meditation. Yeah, it was great. It's
2: supposed to be incredible, and yeah, and Joe Rogan, his mm-hmm. podcast has an isolation tank in his house, and he said that's. He said that DMT and isolation tanks are the two biggest things that like shifted his perspective on life. He was because he he got really into DMT. He has like a DMT molecule tattooed on him. But he was like, the isolation tank, yeah, you sit in this thing, and you have no senses, and you're in water the same temperature as you, and he was like, you go to these crazy places. So, it's cool. Steven went to a
0: place in New York, you can do it. Yeah, it's on 23rd. It was great. It was really cool. I remember getting out, like... But the one thing, and we've mentioned this before, that bothered me about it, is that as soon as you, you know, shut the lights off, and you're lying there in the water, and you're floating... I was very conscious of how horribly my ears were ringing <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> because of so many concerts and we've all played in bands and gone to shows of how poorly I treated my ears my entire life. And it was just so, and then I had to get past that Well, to get yeah. my brain going.
2: Then that's interesting. I've had to deal with that too. Cause when I, 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 I ring too. And so when I meditate, sometimes I'll be like, Oh, this is so annoying. I, and then I'll put on like white noise or sounds. And then like eventually like, one of my teachers was like, just like pay attention to it, like let it be part like don't fight against it. And went you kind of accept it, and then it was like so much easier. But it's hard. I feel like you always want to fight. You always hear something. You always wanna you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I went to this um to Fairfield where they have the university, the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi like university where, you know. They hang there, so I went there for an it's Ayurvedic week and like learning a advanced techniques and everything. So the first day I get there, in the morning, sun rising, I'm like, I'm going to meditate here in Fairfield. And then someone started cutting the grass. like, and, then, and I was like, they're cutting the grass. And I got so annoyed. And I'm trying to meditate. And I was like, I went crazy. And then I was crying. And then I got so frustrated. And I was crying all day long. And I was like, I'm here. I'm trying to be peaceful and meditate. And someone is cutting the grass. And they're like, but that's in the out then my teacher was like, Raquel, the guy cutting the grass is outside, like when you're transcending, is like you should not let things in the outside bother you. And I was like Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, <it's Jerk>. <laughs> so But I was like, Why are they cutting the grass? <laughs> they're like the grass must be cut, so girls but you know and they're like, oh.
2: so when you when you say transcending, like what what does that mean? Does that mean like transcending your physical body or like what's sort of the the goal, I guess, for you, transcendental meditation?
3: I guess it's like you transcend, you know, like you're here and you're, you're transcending. <laughs> it's hard for me to explain because I'm not a teacher. Mm, you transcend from this state to another but it's not like you're going anywhere. You're just tra- you're like turning within you, so you're transcending from being awake and aware here into this other state, which is just being with yourself, like turning inwards. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm not a, like supposed to be talking about like my experiences while meditating. But it's not like I'm not. Really analyzing anything. you. I guess actually when you really I transcend, you don't really know what's going on because you're not... Like sometimes I close my eyes and I'm like, I hear a sound. So I'm like, I think and I can think like, oh, it's been going, this period of time is going through. But sometimes I just close my eyes. And then next thing I know it's been 20 minutes and I'm like, where was I? So I don't...
2: Do you feel like it's gotten, the more you practice, it gets easier... Cause I feel like that's, that's like the problems that Steven had. I feel like a lot of people have that, like they try it and they're like, oh, this is, it's hard, mm. especially living here. Like, especially like in our culture, like so much going on, mm. so much always thinking. I mean, do you feel like the more you do it sort of, it becomes easier for you to kind of get, get into it?
3: I definitely, it's been almost three years more comfortable with the, like I, I know it were like, I don't know, I'm more confident about it. But still, every day that I meditate is a different experience. Sometimes my brain is more active, so I have thought, like, even though I'm not, I'm letting thoughts go through, they, they come up in my mind. But some, it depends. Every day is different. Right.
0: Have you ever read the book yeah. Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain? You know this book? No. Came out, God, probably in the 80s, um, maybe a little early, maybe mid-80s. But it was a book for, for about teaching how to draw... And working with... wasn't essentially working with children, but I learned about it in school. I was about eighth grade. And what it is is that when you're an artist, it could be any kind of art, where you're painting or music or whatever. You know, I'm sure when you practice guitar and all of a sudden you realize time hasn't passed, It's that or driving a long distance, is that all of a sudden you go from the one side of your brain that controls logic and reasoning, you go to the creative part, which is not keeping track of time. And I think... That's a lot of what meditation is, is getting to be able to switch over to that part of consciousness on purpose. Does that make sense? Like the people who are really good at meditation can go, I'm going to go meditate for a while. And they can go to that area where they're um, at a different level of thinking. You know, everyone has the capacity to do it. It's just hard to access it. And a lot of artists, um, certain people with forms of autism, you know, can get to that point or they live in that point. I think it's really fascinating. My therapist is big into that kind of stuff. And I remember reading that book when I was 14 and that just stuck with me. And I used to like to draw and paint pictures and things. And then I got diagnosed with being colorblind and I gave up. I didn't do it anymore. <laughs> so I got really annoyed. But it was something that...
1: I didn't know you were colorblind.
0: Yeah, dude. It's annoying. How, how colorblind are you? It's called red-green. And that's and why I'm not allowed to dress my children.
1: Oh, I guess it, maybe I did know
0: that. Yeah, it's really annoying. <clears throat> I, don't see, I see pinks and things lighter. But Its this really fascinating thing, and the whole time you're talking about meditation, I forgot about that book until this very second, and it, it just switches everything over how did you so wait you you met David Lynch and you had the book, but you didn't start meditating till a little while later. How did you get interested in the book?
3: because I was going to work with him, so I was like just like everything. anything david Lynch ah, got I, was it. Like, I was like, oh, this sounds interesting he just it was the he was just had come up with that book yeah. So, wh- how long was that, like, five years ago, maybe, that thing came out?
0: I, I feel like I bought it five or six years ago, yeah, something so maybe like that. that's when, yeah. it, I don't know. That's super cool. So, the whole time, so, you, if you fish. if you leave home at such a young age, you must be, you know, as you're working all over the world, were you just, did you gravitate towards a lot of reading, or, I mean, you seem to be very self-taught in everything you've done?
3: Yeah, not a, so much reading, because English wasn't, like, my first language, mm-hmm. So now I'm reading more in English.
2: <laughs> Did you teach yourself how to play guitar and that kind of stuff?
3: Uh, well, I took the basics when I was like five, you know, basic chords. And then I just been, yeah, teaching myself. I, I tried to learn to read music a few years ago, but I, I, I found it hard. So I just go in tabs, you know, on the internet. I just pick like any song that I like and then I look at the tabs and it's pretty easy.
2: What kind of music do you like to play? Or what do you kind of like listening to? I know we talked about the... the do you listen to kind of any American music? or? Yeah,
3: and, uh, okay. my taste in music is so eclectic. It's crazy. Like Javi Shakar, like I love. And uh, and then even like his daughter, Notter Jones. I think she mm-hmm. lived in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But not anymore, I don't know. But uh, this morning when I was walking here, I was listening to Massive Attack. I yeah. like them.
0: Which record? <laughs>
3: The early stuff.
0: Was it Blue? No, Blue Line was...
3: Let's see which one. I
0: is think. it Mezzanine? That's the one. Yeah. That's... God, that, that
3: look, worked. Mezzanine. There it
0: is, man. That's the record. That's the,
3: what I was listening <laughs> nice. to.
0: Um, yeah, that's kind of... That's massive. I love that band.
3: <laughs> but I like everything. Like, I was very into Metallica at one point. Oh, yeah? Actually, yeah. But not anymore. Maybe it's because I'm meditating. I'm more into, like... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I still like it.
2: Wasn't Sepultura from Brazil?
3: Sepultura, so yeah. heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that guy's
0: like name Max Calavera. I Cavalera, that? I think. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, yeah. Just all over the place with music. You learned
0: guitar, you learned guitar chords at
3: five?
2: Wrong. Just the
3: basics, yeah. Just the yeah. basics?
0: Wow. Yeah. I don't think I knew how to eat when I... I just, yeah, if, maybe I
3: did. No, like six, maybe. Was wow. Like five,
0: six. <laughs> was there someone musical in your family?
3: My father plays a little bit, but no no one is a professional musician, mm. just like my aunt and my dad, just like classical
0: guitar. Nood- noodling around, they yeah, say. Yeah,
3: just... So that's what I'm doing now, yeah.
0: <laughs> just learning how to play. What? Like like different... You said sitar and yeah, different kinds that, of guitars. All right, what's your I favorite guitar?
3: I have a, my acoustic guitar is a Gibson, and it's like from the 60s. I love that guitar.
1: Is it nylon, or you play nylon string, if you play classical? I'm,
3: I think that one has, I want to say nylon, I don't know, or?
1: It's not steel string, is it? Uh, did I g- did Gibson made I classical don't know guitars in the 60s? Gibson's made
3: some nylon string guitars. Really? I think so. You know, I, now I'm like, is it nylon? Or, or I, I mean, I, don't
1: know. I could be
0: wrong. I could be knocking <laughs> up my
3: butt. <laughs> I think it's not nylon. Yeah. I think it's It's not. just like a regular I think it's regular, yeah.
0: Have you ever gone over to the Gibson showroom over there? No. It's a very neat place. It used to be the Hit Factory, which was a very uh, crazy recording studio. Who Michael Jackson recorded there.
1: Oh, wow! one of the, you know, big ones.
0: Yeah, and now it's a Gibson showroom, and so they have all their guitars spread out there, and you can just go hang out and literally try everything that they sell. Wow. Yeah, it's around 50th,
3: I think. Yeah, I think
2: yeah. so.
0: Raquel, you are also
2: at... I have p- a Gretsch. Uh. Oh. Oh, you have a Gretsch?
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have a Gretsch. I like that guitar because the color <laughs> is like avocado green. Ah,
1: oh, that's the classic Gretsch color. Yeah, I know that uh, that they made those guitars here in Brooklyn for a long time.
3: Yeah, the the one that I have is says like, Sixty Broadway. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. You were
2: at the party that I think got us evicted from our apartment. Um, remember that that part that like house party we had. At, when was I lived with Nick and Nick's, Travis
3: was that for Nick's birthday? it
2: was when Reese was in town or something you heard that when the cops came maybe I
3: wasn't on that one
2: I th- maybe you weren't there
3: but I remember like I was there on on Nick's birthday and there was so many people in that apartment
2: I think this is, the, so I think many. This is what and I'm talking and then Travis
3: about. was like really paranoid and freaking out I was like Travis what's going on he was like all the stuff in this house because they had a lot of things that are his and he's like all these people and someone is going to keep an eye on he's all like paranoid you know the
2: cops had to come because people maybe was the cop, it had to have been because yeah. that was the only the cops had to come because people were peeing in our stairwell because <laughs> there was one bathroom <sighs> and like over a hundred people
3: yeah for sure yeah
0: oh, that was, how um, sexy
2: <laughs> <laughs> and literally like I knew my sister and like you I knew like four people there I didn't know who anyone was and they're all touching your stuff no my bedroom was upstairs and at one point like 4 in the morning I just like went to bed and like put stuff up against my door so no one would come in Uh, because there was like a DJ like up on this platform like a full PA
0: (laughs) (laughs) how long have you been in New York you said?
2: since you were 16 and you're almost 30
3: yeah I mean when yeah
2: Permanently moved at sixteen, New York.
3: I think I've been in New York. Yeah, I want to say fourteen years for sure.
2: What was it about? Kind of after kind of going to Japan and traveling around. What was it about New York where you were like, "This is where I want to be."
3: I don't know because maybe it's because I'm from South America. So just being in America felt more like home. Like Europe, like Paris. I mean, yeah, Paris. I tried living in Paris. I love it there, but it's just culturally is like very different i guess from from south america and i just felt that like new york finally is like <laughs> being in a city that there's so many immigrants so many people that are not from here and just like relate to that and also that is a nice place to have as a base and then travel around so like if i'm here i can go you know or to LA, or to South America, or to Europe, kind of being like central. What part of Brazil are you from? The South, Sao Paulo, Porto Alegre.
1: Oh, so it's the end of the world. I'm sure you said After
3: that. that, there's nothing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, below. Do you have I'm family from... in Brazil?
1: Yeah, my uh, my brother-in-law lives in Sao Paulo. He's a journalist.
3: Oh, cool. It's
1: beautiful. I love it.
3: Sao Paulo. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The Beaches there. It's are a
3: crazy city.
0: I hear about Brazil, period. Crazy, every like crazy fun towns. In Brazil? Yeah. You think?
3: It's, it's funny tense. because I've been, like, I left, I didn't live in Sao Paulo for very long. And I was just traveling around the world. I feel like I don't really know my own country. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you left pretty young.
3: Yeah. And it's weird because now, like, a lot of people, they're like, oh, you're always going to have Brazil, your country. And, but now I don't, like, it's weird because I left when I was, like, 15, you know, like, 14, 15. And now I've been 15 years right. living here. So I don't know, like, I don't really relate. It's weird.
1: Yeah, you yeah, have that I, moment. I am I had that moment in New York when I realized, like, oh, my God, this is where I've lived longer than anywhere else. Yeah. But
2: so I'm a New Yorker, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you make it back to visit very often?
3: Yeah. It was just. They are visiting my family for Christmas and New Year's. It was really nice because it's summertime there. Yeah. (laughs) Snowing here.
0: Are there places in New York, like, I mean, forgive me if I don't know, but like, is there like a little Brazil, like you can go and find authentic, you know, places that are like home? Or excuse me, Brazil.
3: I heard that there is a Brazilian neighborhood in Queens near Astoria, but I've never been there. Hmm. And then there is Little Brazil Street on Forty Six, I think. I want to say it's Forty Six between Fifth oh, yeah, right. and Sixth, and they have some shops. But it's Pretty kind of small. disappearing. Yeah. yeah,
1: forgot about that. It's even like it says it
0: on the street sign. I think. Yeah. So where can we hear you play guitar?
1: I'll go get a guitar right now if you want. Okay. <laughs> really?
3: <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Okay. Get a guitar. <laughs> I'm not that good. But I can, dude. I can play. A yeah,
0: little why bit. not? Fun, fun, fun. Yeah,
3: I can play some Brazilian song.
0: That would be awesome. First podcast you're ever on. First performance we've ever had on the podcast. I know. Very <laughs> exciting. Oh,
3: super cool. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. No, not at all. <laughs> but I'm not since I'm not a. Musician, I guess I can make a fool of myself playing. No, because I no have nothing. It's not like <laughs> <laughs>
2: me and Stephen make fools of ourselves here every week.
0: Please. so do not worry. About it. I just confused you know, I David Lynch think, and David Fincher. I'm fine. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yesterday I was like, oh, maybe I should listen to the podcast before I go. But then I was like, no, maybe it's better I go having no idea at all what's going on. <laughs> So I can just be myself and yeah. say whatever. And then maybe now, like, I'm going to start listening to the previous podcast you guys did and be, like, so embarrassed. I was no, like, oh,
0: no not at all. Do you, um So in modeling, is it like anything else where you have, like, an agent and a manager and people that help find jobs for you? Or I guess now you yeah. pick and choose, but for a while? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. And then when you start as a model, they they call the clients and then they're like, hey, there's this, you know, model. So you have to go and, like, Go and see clients and show mm-hmm. them your portfolio with pictures. And there's a lot of just trying and a lot of times, especially in the beginning when I started, it wasn't easy for me. Like I had to like struggle and go see people and they're like, no, you're not the look, you know, we're looking for. And it's just you have to really put like in your head like, oh, it's not don't take it personal, you know, they're like, oh, you're not good enough, you know. And it's talking about, like, the way you look. And it's really, like, don't take it personal, you know? Like, I am who I am and just not fitting for that, you know, what they're looking for. But it can be really frustrating because it's not like... If you're a musician, you can just show how talented you are with your music and that's going to get you work. But as a model, it's not... You can't do anything about it. (laughs) Besides just going and trying and trying and trying. And uh, I guess... The thing that got me working for so many years is the kind of like Cindy Sherman thing where I was just like people just started keep working with me because they're like, oh, she can do anything. She can play all these characters. So I kept like working until today, like in this industry, they're like, oh, you know, what's about that girl Raquel? And they're like, oh, she's like a chameleon, you know, she can just do like anything. I guess because I kept getting no, like, oh, you're not the look. And I was like, I can be any look. <laughs> Just get me the job and I'll get it done.
0: There's a story about, um, uh, you know, who Lon Chaney is. You ever heard of him? He's a silent movie actor. Okay. And he did, the famous thing. He did Phantom of the Opera, the first one. And he was a stage actor. And then he goes out to the movie business and he never gets parts and never gets parts. But he studied makeup. So he would put like, he would go look at the listings and they would say like, oh, we need a guy with a scar. And he would go put a scar on his face and nobody else would get the job. And he'd be like, I get it because he was a chameleon, you
3: know? You see? Yeah.
0: <laughs> All goes back. All right. So now you got this gorgeous Taylor guitar.
3: And it's tuned. <laughs> I got
0: it She's going to finger pick and show everybody up.
3: So, no, I, I just, Brad, I'm do you want to use could... my mic? Okay. And I'm gonna sing. Right yeah. On. yeah.
0: Right on. Oh god. Best podcast ever.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna sing in Portuguese. Nossa favela. If I can find it. Sujeira pra todo lado. Ninguém respeita a constituição. Mas todos acreditam no futuro da na. Que país é esse? Que país é esse? Que país é esse? Que país é esse? Terceiro mundo se for Piada no exterior Mas o Brasil vai ficar rico Vamos faturar um milhão yeah! <laughs> this is a, a band, a Brazilian band, called Legião Urbana.
0: What does that mean in English? If it translates.
3: Like a urban gang. Okay. Um, and uh, when I was a teenager, we used to sing this in like high, in, before high school. Yeah. I didn't, I never went to high school. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's very basic what I play.
2: Shoot. It's good,
3: you have a nice voice.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was really good. Thank you for doing that.
3: Maybe oh. I can play with you guys now.
2: Yes. yes. You see,
3: this was actually a, a whole plan. It's actually <laughs> <a> casting. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go and pretend I'm a musician and then I get in the band.
2: <laughs> you're you're in you're in.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. You do need a
2: singer. Awesome. Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much thank you for coming. By. Thank you guys. Yeah.
3: This is fun. Yeah.
0: Yes. That is the sound of me trying to throw a ball, up piece of foil into the trash can and missing. Not <laughs> and even, even at five feet. Yeah, not even close. Yes. Like, yes. I'm gonna leave that there. Yeah. I'm I pick got one that up.
1: too. Let's see. Go for
2: it. Now, see, I have a little, there's a little bit of, well, whatever. I'm you have more Finesse? of it. So, n- nice arc. Oh! oh Double denial.
0: <laughs> see, <clears throat> when Rock Hill's number one was coming on, I, I told my wife that she was gonna be sitting down and talking with us. And she said, So, this supermodel is gonna sit down and talk with you three nerds?
2: <laughs> yep. And yeah, you guys really illustrated that well. <laughs> With his tinfoil basketball game, I'm
0: sure it translates really well to an audio podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we made the whole thing up. Brad and I totally made the shots. <laughs> we wanted to make everyone listening sound much cooler. How cool was Raquel Zimmerman? She's awesome. Ah, oh, the best. Can you imagine being at Burning Man and uh, you know a model comes up to you and goes, "Hey, do you have any acid?" <laughs> Even if I did, I'd go, "I will find some immediately." You would,
1: you would find it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> by just reaching my arm out at Burning Man in any direction and finding some acid. She couldn't have been cooler. That was really great to have here, man. Very, very nice. Uh, if you want to have more supermodels on Going Off Track, please send us their contact info. Uh, publicly, put it on facebook.com slash Track for everyone to see because you know that never happens to them. Uh, if you like us, go to goingofftrack.com, Click on Donate to keep us rocking and or rolling. And uh, next week... Uh, you're not going to be a supermodel. <laughs> no, no,
2: no. That's my whole model friend. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's now exhausted. <laughs>